loves the Lord say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody ratted me out. How did he know we was going to vote on some things? And it had been nice to know you video on it and giving it to him. That would have been so nice to know. <sighs> you can't find no good help these days. And we thank you for the good offering that you mentioned. I'm not sure Adam and Bethany have given yet since they got back from us. Just check up, double check on that. We're still mad at him about going to Hawaii. Hope it rained every day and make sure, somebody check, make sure they give. I'm teasing. I love preachers, preachers' kids everywhere. Lord, you've been so good to us. Thank you. Lord, God help us. In these hours, Lord, that we're in, help us, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hasn't the Lord been real good to us? Bless his name. got a lot of things on my heart. Tells me he's got a lot of, God has a lot of things in his heart. There's something in it. Somebody said that probably, somebody told me today, you reckon everybody's getting tired? You can't have revival until your flesh gets weak. Until you're you start paying a little price, it don't even mean anything. Right. Old preacher in North Georgia, the mountain, said that God operates off a system of sacrifice. And he said, if it's convenient to you when you gave it, it didn't mean anything to him when he got it. My heart's full. I feel a lot better with the pastor back in here. I've been exercising restraint. (laughs) And I don't hardly ever do that. Thank God for the preacher. Thank God for his family. Always put that in my heart big. The Lord's given me every night he spoke to us. He's a speaking. Lord, give me some thoughts. Now, my structured sermons are scattered, but this one's scattered on top of scattered. (laughs) The Lord just put it in my heart tonight to rejoice on the grace that he has for our sin. I'm going to say something, you better holler. I love Romans 5.20, but where sin abounded, grace did much more. I've 
been amazed. Got this thought. This is what the Lord gave me tonight. I'm going to work from there. I've been mentioning for a year or two. It's been mentioned here maybe twice. This will make the third mention. On how them two mediators, the two men that God put the covenant in their hands. Moses, he gave him the old covenant. Paul gave him that new covenant, 2 Corinthians 4. And they both of them had blood on their hands. One had the blood of the church on his hands. The other had the blood of a murdered man on his hands. And God (laughs) said, you're the ones I need for my, my two testaments. Can it be much worse? That's what the first wicked man did there. Adam caused blood to be shed. God had to come in that garden and kill something. Help me now. And then Cain shed his brother's blood for a man to be a murderer. And then the Lord gave me this thought here today. That the only two women mentioned in the hall of faith were guilty of affairs. God said those my heroines, heroines. Heroine. He said, them two girls are my heroes. Sarah brought an affair into her house. He, Sarah wouldn't believe God and set up the whole thing with Hagar and Ishmael. Y'all ain't helping me. And the other one was saved right out of being a harlot. Rahab. I just need a little help right there. Huh. Turns out God loves sinners. Hmm. Turns out God uses those same sinners. What? Y'all ain't helping me. Mm. And I need somebody here without any sin to go ahead and start casting stones. He'd been running hot through my heart. That the only two women mentioned in the Hebrews 11 hall of faith. Sarah brought an affair into her home and Rahab was just known to be the harlot. And God took both of them and forgave them and cleansed them. And put them in his hall of faith. He said, well, couldn't he have got somebody that was worthy? Nope. They weren't none worthy. The only one ever been worthy was born in a virgin's womb and he hung on Calvary's cross and he died for my sin and he died for your sin. Everybody else has been defiled and dirty and despicable and depraved. He ain't never had nothing to work with except that old messed up clay out of the horrible pit. That just hit me, preacher. That the two men, the administrators of the old covenant and the new, both had blood on their hands. And, the, and ever since, hey girls, ever since Adam went along with that snake, you all been messed up. 
It's just been on me all day. I've wrestled and wiggled and wormed around. The Lord said, no, that's what you're going to tell them. How filthy they all are slash were without the blood of Jesus. That's all he's got to work with is sinners. Isn't that something? We got it in our little book who God can bless and who God can't bless, but God ain't never checked your little book. He ain't interested. He ain't interested in your little book. He got a big book. He's in the blotting out business. There's my sermon scribbled over there. Mm. And I done said half of it. <laughs> Y'all may go get some, go to bed tonight. You know, I had an old friend of me. Everybody go to Genesis 17, where Abraham and Sarah got the grace of God on them. Did you ever see where they were before God breathed the H in them? They were Abraham and Sarai. H in the Hebrew alphabet. I took Hebrew one semester. Failed it miserably. <laughs> True story. And I tormented the old professor so bad. He's just like, you know, graduate. Go. Go away. Graduate, please. <laughs> I thought God had called me just to go in there and keep the other guys awake. I, 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 you know, it's four funny stories. Let them go. <laughs> but the fifth letter of the Hebrew alphabet. It's the H and it's a it's the breath of God. And do you know when he breathed grace into them? It was in Genesis 17. After the whole Hagar chapter. Y'all ain't helping me. After the Hagar chapter. Thirteen years of silence. But when he showed up, God just showed up and said, I'm God. You're mine. Walk with me. And well, what are we going to do? You done with us? Never touch us again? Never you? No, we, we got a plan. We're sticking with the plan. I'm back. Y'all ain't helping me. I know you've been around these old boys, won't ever let you have a second chance, but God just sticks with the plan. Are y'all in Genesis 17? What does verse 1 say? Mm -hmm. The Lord appeared to him. What did he say? I am? Yeah, he showed up and said, I am. I still am. 
walk before him and be thou perfect. What, what verse? Is it verse 4 where he fell on his face? I may be wrong. Verse 3. He fell. He'd never done that before. That's the first time in his life that he bowed, but he'd never fallen. On his face. Sometimes after a fall. <laughs> You'll be willing to fall. On your face. And find grace. And when he did. I need some Bible readers to help me. What verse? He said that. That's it no more be called Abram. Five. Five? Oh my, I didn't even know that. Five. Grace. And he said, we're going to breathe on you, son. We're going to put the... in you. Somebody run down and maybe 12 verses later, he told Sarah, verse 15, you're no longer going to be Sarah. You mean he'll come along and put grace in you after you messed up a whole chapter? He said, we're going to just breathe on you. We're going to get rid of the eye. And we're going to... I missed him so bad. The eye. And he's gonna. <sighs> hey, y'all, she just didn't stumble. Right. <clears throat> Something else rhymes with grace. She messed up a whole race. But the grace came after she messed up the race. Me and you think, well, God gives somebody grace that's worthy, and then if they mess up, it's all over. God shows up after you mess up. When you think he's, honey, when he came walking in the garden, Adam, not the Adam that went to Hawaii. We we don't even like that. Y'all make sure he's give something. You don't go to Hawaii and then just come back. God came walking in the garden and said, after sin, after death. One of my mentors, he's gray-headed now, great old man of God. I'll tell you about him afterwards. You talk to me sometime. He said this, I'd have sure hated to ever meet David before he sinned. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Good. They liable to kill you. He was just in the killing business. He just killed. I mean, he run down there. He wasn't even a soldier. It's like, here, brethren, here's some bread. Here, captain, here's some cheese. Y'all excuse me. I will kill that giant if y'all give me five. Just need five. <laughs> and what about what about the messenger that came and said Saul's dead 
And they said, kill him just for t- telling us that. Kill him. The boy was on his side. The boy was in it. The boy just... David was killing thing. God called him to kill him, and then he did some killing, and then he killed a little like he'd just kill you. Bad hang around David. Before he sinned. When did it all change? It's the last thing I got wrote down. When was when did he hey when did he quit killing? The day that that prophet come in there and said, "What you think about a rich man who's got a whole bunch of sheep?" But he took the poor man, the one lamb, the only lamb he had. And David said, "What did he say? Kill him! We need to kill that man!" And here come the finger of the prophet. Thou art the man. Yeah. Right. Go ahead, preacher. Preach up. Yeah. And God didn't kill David. Right. Hey, Mike. Yeah. 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 And there ain't no record of him ever killing anybody again. Yeah. My old mentor said, I'd sure hate to meet the David that never knew anything about mercy. But that David who knew about mercy, I'd like to sit down and finish it with him. Let's go to the end of his life, David's life. Do you know what I was going to say? See, you don't have bed, do you know? See, he knows. That's all right. You go to the last chapter in 2 Samuel, I think. Right, okay, yes. 2 Samuel. And then put a finger... In the last chapter of First Chronicles, they're both, and then that's all I've got. They're both talking about David's death. Cause see, I had a man tell me. One man told me, well, it, "Well, he was up preaching, and I was out there <laughs> in the crowd." But I felt like he told me, and so I got up and told him. <laughs> the probably said, "I bet I did," but you know. And he said, David died lonely, diseased, forsaken because of his sexual sins. What he said, David died horribly. And then they made the mistake of calling me up next. Well, this young pastor from Florida, you come up preaching that. I'm "I'm coming. And I said, sir. I appreciate you and the ministry. You know, I know nothing about it, so I may not actually, but right now I'm going to say I do. <laughs> I said, but sir, you got to help me because I read my Bible. Right. <laughs> and my Bible said that David died in a good old age. 
of riches and honor. Full of days, riches, and honor. And another place that's full of honor and glory. Hmm. Wonder how you could commit an awful sin in your life and then die right. Oh, I know. It, get right. Now, before I read these scriptures and close, let's talk about that a little bit. You know what Sarai means? Go look in your... Sarai, a manipulator. One who manipulates. Hey, girls. Sorry, it's going to be rough on you for a little bit here. You got it in you to manipulate. You know, it actually comes from fear. God created the woman to be a help for man. Put him in charge. No wonder she's afraid. <laughs> We're in charge. <laughs> Come on, girls. Satan appealed to her fear. He said, you know, you're being left out in the cold, honey. God's holding back. and Adam, he's with God. They're both against you. Do you know it's in the woman to fear that God's leaving me out? God ain't giving me. I'm missing out on what could be. Come on. Page two of your Bible. That's the woman's struggle. To not try to control. What you're going to do if you're afraid, it ain't going to work out for you. You'll try to work it and control it and manipulate it. And that's what Sarah did. She's like... God's called me to be the mother of the faith and I'm a woman that can't even have babies. I need to take control of this situation. Help me, girls. I'm not bashing you over the head. It's an innate, inborn fear in a woman when she ain't lined up with God, when she ain't trusting God. She's fearing that she's got to work out things in her own life or it ain't going to work out because her old husband ain't going to work it out. And the devil's told her that God ain't being good to her. Hey, that's a tough one to have no control. I have to follow him. Him? I'm at his mercy. I'm at his. I just have to follow him. Yes, sir. Yes. Oh, Sarah. So she went to manipulate. But when God breathed on her, she went to mothering. God breathed grace. God breathed grace into her, and she became a mama. Christ was brought into their life. Isaac was that seed that pointed to Christ. Read Galatians. Girls, there's only one syllable different between mother and smother. And it's the hiss of the serpent. Smother. Or drop the hiss and just mother. 
smothered down there at the house. And there'll be snakes crawling everywhere. Or you can just mother. And there'll be grace everywhere. And you say, but he ain't doing right. God has that feller's number. God's got that feller's number. I'm having several words come to mind and none of them are good. God's got his number. And when God came in the garden, Eve was the one that that messed up with, but God didn't even talk. God said, Adam! Come here, boy. What have you done? It was her. And she's like, huh? It's the whole reason I did what I did because of where you're acting. God's called you to be the head, sir. He's called you to be the heart, lady. You know, we can go brain dead and the body can still live if the heart lives. Girls, you're more important than you know. Hate to mention it this evening, but if your heart quits, sorry, Pastor, I just admitted it didn't serve. But if your heart quits, don't care how long your brain keeps it working, when your heart is, you're done. And girls, you're the heart. And when y'all ain't working, the body can't live, the home can't live. And a lot of you got a brain dead husband. Say amen, girls. You don't get many opportunities. <laughs> oh, when Abram fell on his face, Sarah had a hard fall in chapter 16. 13 years of silence. 13 is the number of the Antichrist, the number of lawless rebellion. After 13, and by the way, that boy was 13. When Isaac was born, Ishmael was 13 and had to be cast out at the age of rebellion and the age of the Antichrist. God brought Christ in and flesh and Satan had to go. And after she had a hard fall, in one chapter, her husband fell on his face in the next chapter. And God just went to breathing all over. Yeah. This is where I may have run and y'all missed it. I'm back. I ran. You didn't know it. Here I am. <sighs> I'm not going to... Me and the pastor have taught. The Lord's going to tell him what to do in this meeting. I'm not trying... But I'm not Oh yeah, you're in the faith. You just ain't got no grace. You need the breath of God. The Holy Spirit. It was after her fall and then after his fall. 
And then something, she had a fall, brought an affair into the house. And then Abram had a fall on his face. And God breathed on him the whole chapter. And then brought little Isaac in, kicked old Ishmael out. Yeah. What about that? You want to know how David died right? David got right. Yeah. I'll tell y'all something. You can die right. I don't care if you've had a big old sin in the middle of your life. You can get it right and you can live right and then you can die right. And if you think anybody in here don't need this, we all have seen And I need you to come up without you see. I need you to bring your stones and cast them up here. All of you out there without any sin. There was only one man in John 8. That woman taken in adultery, them Pharisees gathering. There was only one there, one man there without sin. But he was also without stones in his hand. There was only one there who had no sin, but he also didn't bring any stones. Matter of fact, he got down in the dust next to her. Started writing in the sand. You know what he wrote in the sand? Everybody's always wondering. I know what he wrote in the sand. I really don't. I just want to say that one time. That's just because I wanted to, it felt good saying it, but I don't really know. I don't care what he wrote in the sand. I'm just glad he was still writing. Because so they brought up the Old Testament. They said, now Moses and the law. Well, it wasn't actually Moses' law. It was God's law. And Jesus is God. And Jesus is the one who wrote that law. And they said, now, but the one who wrote it, he's still writing. He's looked at him. Oh, I know what he wrote back yonder. I ain't done writing. He was still writing. I'm glad he wasn't done with the law. He has some more things to write. How in the world are you going to die with honor and glory and riches and all of your days filled? God not even cut your days short. I got to go get my Bible. I read it in the late 80s, but I need to look at it again. See this. Where y'all? Where'd y'all go? The end of Second Samuel. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Them's happy bubbles. I'm letting them bounce around. If I let them take over, you're here till eleven. <laughs> Is everybody in Second Samuel twenty-four? We're going to go quickly to 1 Chronicles. Watch this. 2 Samuel 24. Y'all doing all right? Adam, you you got your checkbook out? You're going to make that right? Get it right tonight? Hawaii. Hawaii. 2 Samuel 24. David had sinned. This wasn't the sin of laying with a woman. This was the sin of numbering the people. 
I'm going to say something. Y'all better help me right here. Dr. Maccabee will tell you this is right. David had two sins in his life. One sin had to do with lusting after woman flesh. The other sin had to do with glorying in manpower. And did you know that one was a sin of passion, the other was a sin of pride? Did you know the one sin had consequences in his family, but the other sin had consequences in his nation? God was much more upset with the sin of pride. It had far more reaching consequences. Let me tell you why I got Lucifer kicked out of heaven. It wasn't a moment of weakness and wickedness and stumbling around in the flesh. His heart was lifted up in pride. And it got him kicked out of heaven. It's keeping some of y'all out of heaven right here in this meeting. It's keeping some of y'all out of the heavenly. Right here, right now. You got pride. You too proud to admit you're lost and get saved. You're too proud to admit, you like a bunch of the rest of us that know we've messed up and had to get help from God. You're too proud to admit you're in that group. You're too proud to give God the glory. You've been watching Ben and company hop around here because they're so full of God. they got happy bubbles slinging them left and right. And you're like, yeah, them young people. Yeah, preach that. Let me tell you what Lucifer's sin was. Brother Maccabee, you help me with this. Tell me if I'm right and teach me some theology. I feel like Michael. I feel like the Trinity. There's only three archangels mentioned. And I feel like the Trinity. God, each one of them had their own special angel. Michael is the death angel, the judgment angel. And he's the angel over Israel. He serves the Father. Israel's his bride. Michael's their angel. Hmm. Feel sorry for all them old boys. Oh, come on, I'm not in the jet. And them other guys over there in Iran. They got a big bad angel. Mad, mad at them. I'm exercising restraint. This current administration... That ain't, that ain't what I wanted to say. This current administration. Antichrist Muslim. This very weak. Shoving this thing through to give Iran their bond to kill Israel. I'm deterring, running around rabbit for a minute. Michael's. Gonna get sick on them in a little while. Y'all don't be messing with God's big bad angels. 
He's got one angel over there. He's got a chain in one hand going to grab Lucifer with the other hand. I mean, we got an angel that with one hand can handle the devil and got a big chain going to wrap him up in that chain. One de- the devil in one hand, a chain in the other, going to bind him up and toss him out the bottomless pit. That's a pretty bad dude, whoever, wherever he is. I mean, a, that's a pretty bad man that can whoop you with one hand, you know, and like with the other hand, you know, just work his chain. Take that chain and just hold you with one hand. Y'all get back on track. Michael is the father's angel. Gabriel, what does he do? He brings sweet heavenly messages from the throne. That's the Holy Spirit, see? That's his son. Michael comes, he's fixing to kick somebody's religion. Yeah. <laughs> Pastors here. Preachers here, I got to behave. And they've been videoing the whole thing. That would have been good to know. Pastor. Well, Gabriel takes care of the Holy Spirit's business. Michael takes care of the Father. Hmm. Lucifer was created to stand in front of the Son of God and music come out of him, them pipes in his chest. You read Ezekiel 14 and Isaiah 28 or vice versa. And he was created, the most beautiful, to stand in the throne room and give glory and reflect the light. Lucifer means light bearer, light standard, light reflector. And give the glory to the Son of God. And he's standing there supposed to give him glory and he got the jealous looking at his throne. Let me tell you something about pride. It's the wickedest sin there ever was. It's the first sin. Somebody said, well, I heard they got drunk and shot up the town and beat up his wife acting like the devil. Not technically. Technically, you're acting like the devil. When you stand in the holy sanctuary, look at Jesus and think more of yourself than him and refuse to give him glory. And you're acting like the devil when you stand there looking at Jesus in the holy place and say, I think I want to be God of my own life. When you sit in these pews and you say, I will, I will, my will. You like to look over there at somebody had a bad day, had messed, stumbled in their flesh. And so, There's a wicked sinner. Honey, God got them harlots and publicans and said he just hung out with them. He said, y'all got more, more humility. At least you're ashamed of what you did. And them Pharisees strutting around in their religious pride, honey. That's who was acting like the devil. wondering why God can't send revival to the average assembly. Oh, Abraham fell on his face. (laughs) And old David learned that. God showed up after his wicked sin of numbering the people. 
God said, it's going to go bad, son. Fixing to wipe up half of you. I mean, back yonder when he repented with Bathsheba, David just said, Lord, I've sinned. God, okay, I've taken away that judgment. I see the real repentance there. The sword may never left his house, but the scepter never left his hand. (laughs) But when he numbered the people in that pride, ooh, God came with his death angel over Jerusalem and said, we're fixing a clean house. They offered David three options on your punishments. I'm in 2 Samuel 24, verse 13. If you're there, say amen. Amen. Verse 12, I offer you three things. Verse 13, there's that tough verse. 13. Slam full of judgment, brother. Seven years of famine. Flee three months before your enemies. Or three days of pestilence in the land. Oh, David said... None or all of the above. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw myself at your mercies. <laughs> ah, I may be running. Y'all just die back. Look. Verse 14. And David said unto Gad, I'm in a great strait. Hey! Some of y'all ain't never been in a tough place with God. Go ahead, preacher. I'm waiting on some of y'all to get in a tough place with God. We can't help you until you seen you fall and fall on your face. We can't help you until you get in that tight place. I'm in a great strait. Let us fall now into the hand of the Lord. <laughs> For His mercies are great. And let, hey, He said, let me not fall into the hand of man. Don't leave me up to man. I'm going to just give this to God. And you know what? I don't think the Lord, I don't think he did any of the three. He went and did something else that day. And then in verse 16, he just said, it's enough. (laughs) Circle it. There you. Shout till you, shout till Christmas. It's enough. He didn't even do none of the three. The two times David sinned and got in trouble, God didn't do to him anything he said he's going to. Read your Bible. Well, I can tell some of y'all didn't like it. Read your Bible. Come to him the first time there at the man. And unlike Saul, who had false repentance and ended up committing suicide. David just said, I've sinned. And immediately the Lord said, I've taken away your judgment, keeping the kingdom. That little baby's going to die after seven days. And then you're going to worship. You're going to take a bath and worship. And we're going on with the kingdom. The plan ain't changed. And the only thing going to be different now, you ain't going to be killing them no more people. They're going to have a new king. A merciful king. Where do you think he learned this? When he got in worse trouble with his pride. 
acted like the kingdom was his. Oh, they come around me, Brother Griffith. How's your ministry? I said, I, don't, I ain't got one. You know, how's your day? Let's go get some coffee from McDonald's. I ain't got no ministry. How many are running? How many meetings? I don't know. Talk to him. It's all his. I'm just kind of where I'm at today. He was good to me yesterday. He's being good to me today. All that's his business. The Lord gives. The Lord takes away. None of this is mine. Ain't sure what you're talking about. Ain't going to number and measure nothing. You outfit. I've heard the voice of my Savior. I'm just going with him. Where do you think he learned that in verse 14? He said, boys, I'm in a great strait. Mm, last time I was in trouble, he showed me mercy. He said, don't let man get a hold of me. Just let God do whatever God needs to do. The Lord walked through there and cleaned the house for half a day and then the Lord said, it's enough. And then guess who appointed to be the next king? David and Bathsheba's son. Well, God can't bless that. Well, excuse me. Write that in your little book and read it by yourself. Because I got me a Bible. I'm reading the Bible. I seen that little book that the brethren wrote. I ain't never read it. Never had believed it. What the brethren say God will do and God won't do. What the brethren say God can do and God can't do. I've read my Bible. Turns out God ain't paying no attention to them neither. Go to the end of Chronicles or something or somewhere. I think it's the end of 1 Chronicles. Tell me what God can do and can't do. God does whatever God pleases. He wasn't ever supposed to mess with none of us. But he loves. With his great love. Where do you think he found you? He found us all in the same place, cast out in that, not salted, not swallowed, left in the potter's field. He passed by and looked upon you. And that time was the time of love. Lord's passing by around here and it's a time of love. Some of y'all are too proud. You, 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 you remind me of Lucifer. You're looking like Lucifer. You're acting like Lucifer. You're standing in the holy place. Been coming by here about ten days. That's a number of a testimony. And you're standing there with a whole bunch of I will in your heart. Oh, you look good because Lucifer looked better than anything you ever seen. Y'all ain't proud of your music around here, are you? Lucifer had them pipes in his. I mean, I ain't got no friends right now. I'm the Lord's man. Y'all got some of the best music ever heard. Y'all ain't a little proud of it, are you? Y'all proud of your big, nice, great church? Everybody tells you, oh, you that big church. Y'all ain't proud of that, are you? No, 
I'm not rebuking this pastor. But I'm rebuking the rest of you. I ain't never, I ain't never smelt no, I ain't never smelt no ego on that man. But I'm wondering if y'all think you're a great church and you're proud of yourself. The moment the man says, you know, I am humble, he ain't no more. The moment the man believes, you're a great preacher. The moment I, the moment I believe that, then I ain't no more. The moment I say, oh, Brother Dean, what an event. If I ever even start to believe that, you'll be smelling that brimstone. Brother Dean smells like the devil. And you know you've been around it where that pride is. Brother Maccabee, am I telling it right? You can smell it on them, can't you? When they, when they have sat on the throne. 21st century bad that's tickled me. Everybody wants to, oh, the Antichrist, oh, the Antichrist. Half of y'all sitting where he's wanting to sit. You're already on the throne. Running your own life, running the church, running your own home. Antichrist got to bump you off when he gets here. That's good. That's good. Told you I was. Is everybody at First Chronicles 29? This is the last place, the last thing on my heart. I'm about to run. I believe I could outrun old triathlon here tonight. Beat him in arm wrestling and outswim him. Smack his head twice after, after I do all them other things. That's how good I feel. I may not feel that good after service. David, you come stand with me. Wow. Second Chronicles 1. <laughs> Do y'all see the first verse? And Solomon, the son of David, <laughs> strengthened it. How can the Lord bring something wonderful out of something terrible? Well, i tell you how. Romans 8, 28 was written before the time that ever began. All things work together. And if you think he ain't working with your sin and working out all the evil, Joseph said to his brothers, all that evil y'all did to me, God meant it for good. I'm in verse 1. And the Lord his God was with him and magnified him exceedingly. I'm in verse 7. In that night, God appeared, did God appear to Solomon, said to him, Ask what I shall give thee. Whoop! Verse 8, here it comes. And Solomon said unto God, Thou. Are y'all reading it? I'm afraid if I read it out loud, I run for hour. This, this old boy knew. He said, Thou. He's talking to God. And show great mercy. Unto David, my father. <laughs> Woo! He knew about mercy. What did David, did I emphasize that a while ago when we was over there? Just let me fall in the hand of God. For great are his mercies. Alright, in my Bible, the same page. See, I'm in 2 Chronicles 1. 
And I'm going straight up. Look at you. I love when stuff's on the same page. Go up. Verse 28. And he died in a good old age. First Chronicles 29, 28. And he died in a good old age. Full of days, riches, and honor. Really? Really? God said he died with honor. How could a man with such a national scandal die with honor? I tell you how. He had true repentance. And he got right. He got right. And he got righteous. More than he ever had been. He's no longer the killing king. He was the merciful king. And he filled out all his days. Well, I'm sorry if you're running around them blood and gut gun slinging boys and Pharisees just want to kill everybody. Sorry, you ain't going to enjoy my company. I've read the Bible. He ain't never had anything to work with but sinners. And if they repent, broken and contrived spirit, that's where he wants them on their face. He can bring you up. False repentance and wicked sinners who refuse, brother, you better believe there's judgment. You read Revelation, there's unbelievable judgment coming on sin and sinners. I ain't preaching that little old contemporary flaky Joel Osteeny type of effeminate little sodomite smelly, perfumey smelling love. I'm preaching something great and powerful, the love of God. And if his creatures will fall down. Oh, Abraham. Abram fell on his face and he got up with full of grace. He went down Abram and he got up Abram. Preacher, he had a face fall, but it turned into a grace fall after his wife had a race fall. I never said that. So write it it down. Ain't sure he look like he can write good. Write it down. Tell me later. I never heard that. She caused the whole race to fall. Remind you of Eve? But after the race fell... Abraham had a face fail, fell on his face, and then grace fell. And then they went on to do everything God wanted them to do and be everything. And don't we honor David? Everybody talks about it. The grace of God fixes everything that it touches. And you know good and well we all talk about David and Goliath. And David and Bathsheba only gets mentioned in the body of Christ. Every great once in a while. And we always talk about how he got right. And how we can get right. And his life's known for David and Goliath. You know that's right. You know that's right. When God restores the honor, then it's honorable. You know the world made fun of Noah? 
But did you know that this year, what year is it? I'm a full-time evangelist. I don't know what year it is. <laughs> That's a good year. I'm glad it is. 2015. Did you know that the name Noah is the number one boy's name? Isn't it going to be something that the world made fun of Noah? And at the second coming, there's going to be more boys named Noah. It's a place run. It's a grace run. Work for that. Oh my. This whole world gave him no honor. They said, that crazy old fool building a boat. There are going to be more boys named Noah at the second. I think God's got some of y'all's attention around here. Our heads are bowed. Our musicians, we're not going to sing, but we're going to play. This altar's open. If you want to come and thank Him, if you want to come and praise Him, if you want to get off the throne, quit acting like Lucifer in your life. Everybody stand, make it easier to move. haven't as yet 
done business with the Lord during this meeting, you need to do it tonight. You should. You shouldn't procrastinate. say tonight that I've needed his mercy and I'm glad I can also say I've been a recipient of his mercy. I guess, Brother David, some folks never have needed it. No, now I'd appreciate it. Several are still praying. time for you to come if you'd like to come or if you need to come. First, to sing a verse of that. Brother Dean, that'll be all right, won't it? We sing a verse. I love that song. It's one of my favorite, it's one of the best imitation songs I think I've ever heard. Let's sing a verse, all right? I, I'll tell you this I, I know it's not going to make everybody happy. I know that. There's no way to make everybody happy. I have more peace in closing in a very good note like tonight as to go forward. But saying that, if you haven't, if you haven't, you haven't got saved, why don't you come right now and get saved? And there are people here that's not saved. And literally been prayed for for years. Years. And I want to tell you something. And, and it may shock you. I got a request early on while the other two preachers were here and said, we'd like to be specific in some of our prayers. Are there some folks you'd like to pray for? I said, yes, there is. I said, there's specifically some young people. And the person shot me back a text. I don't even tell you who the person was because I don't want no glory. They shot me back a text. And the very names in that text were the very young people that I'd already had on my heart and mind. Listen, tonight, you may need His mercy, and you probably do. I want to tell you something. It's available. It's available. Say, but I messed up. Listen, there's forgiveness. There's forgiveness. 
I'm begging you tonight. I'm begging you, young or old, member or visitor. The Spirit of God is troubling your heart about anything. You come down here. If you need somebody to help you pray, we'll do that too. That's a mouthful, friend. Sing it. Come on, sing it. Sing it like you believe it. I am the clay in the balcony. What about this word right here? I love it. After I will. Let's do that first verse again. What about you, young man? Let's do that first verse again. We're going to go home. We're going home after this first verse. What about you, young lady? What about you, sir? What about you, sir? I am the clay 